Here's what's coming up on this week's show. Your ownership level is where I need to earn this amount to pay my bills and anything less than that, I'm going to be in the shit. I'm going to be using that. That's great. (laughs) Um, We've all had those at some point. Yeah, I've had months of that. (laughs) The Beat. Welcome to The Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to The Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Before we go any further, if this is your first time here, then uh, uh, hi. Uh, We're the podcast that helps small businesses grow by bringing on a whole bunch of uh, experts who know a thing or two about helping small businesses grow. Now, whether you're here for the first time or whether you're not, don't forget to hit follow on the podcast platform you're listening to us on so you uh, don't miss out on all our future episodes and make sure you listen to our back episodes too that's another thing so three things and the other thing is make sure you leave us a review because it helps to big us up in podcast land um, now we are talking about a potentially slightly boring topic here today but we're not doing it in a boring way claire are we w- would we <laughs> would we no would we but it's it, well, all the topics are important, but when it comes to finances and money, let's be honest, it's not one of the most um, sparkly, exciting things to talk about, but it is important to talk about it because, you know, why do we do what we do and why do we get up every morning? We need to know what's happening with our finances. It makes the world go round. And I was going to say that. Ah, uh, yeah, but it does. And the more you know about how your uh, future finances are going to look, the more secure your business future is going to be. And I know that can be difficult because we don't know what's coming tomorrow or even in the next hour. But there are some things that you can probably pretty much guess that might happen at some point in the future. There are some contingencies you can make and some things you can think about the future and also think about what you intend to do at the end of your business life, I suppose, whether you intend to sell it or or, or pass it on or, or, I don't know, whatever you intend to do with it at the end, if there is an end. The end is nigh. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, you never, you never know what's happening and I think the most important thing is, is to be mindful of what could happen. Um, I think naturally it can be quite difficult to think about that, but it's important to give that some thought. So for this topic, we're talking to Rebecca Robertson. So Rebecca Robertson is an award-winning IFA, um, also Amazon bestseller. And what she does is she helps business owners and all sorts of people to manage their finances more effectively and be prepared for the future. This is the Big Little Business Show. At the time of recording this stuff, we're dealing with high inflation, there's talk of recession, and now are these the things we need to be ready for? When we had the pandemic, we didn't see that coming, right? Um, But we we, we sort of come out of the pandemic and it's such a bad timing that we could be going into recession. And... And, and it's really difficult as a business owner, especially those sort of entrepreneurial spirited ones, um, which I sort of put myself in that category. You wouldn't think it being a financial advisor, you think I was super, super, super sensible. But I think you don't really get to be a sort of run a business um, the way things are these days with like an online business and a conventional business, is what I, which I do, um, without having sort of some sort of risk taking um, entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and with that, when you're used to taking more risk, you then necessarily don't plan and do all the boring, sensible stuff. You sort of think, oh, I'll be fine. You know, we'll figure it out next month and I'll just do this. and I'll just do that. And it always ends up being OK. And those that are a bit more spiritual from a universal or God perspective. They also then think, well, the universe has my back and everything will be OK and it's always fine. 
you know, in financial services sense, these things tend to happen in waves. And every sort of so many 10 to 15 years, we have a form of a recession of some description, or we have adjustments in markets, or we have something that happens that we know that we're maybe going to need to up our prices, or we know that clients move on, technology moves on, systems change, and things happen where we have to be on the we can't always be on the back foot. We've got to be thinking ahead. We've got to be thinking about what could be around the corner. And it's really hard to do that when you have a very entrepreneurial spirit that, you know, you, you sort of don't worry. You worry about for today and you, you'll think about tomorrow, next week. <laughs> You're right, though, because the one thing we do know for certain is that things change. Yeah. And that could be your financial situation just as much as anything else within your business. So I guess the more you're prepared for whatever those changes might be, then the, the better sort of situated you are, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the, somebody that's or ultra cautious, like my husband, he's very, very cautious and he would be thinking through every single eventuality of what if could happen. And he um, assesses risk from a security perspective at work as part of his job as an IT person. Um, and I think as business owners, we sort of get used to certain things that we know could happen. Uh, maybe we need to build, build another revenue stream or maybe we need to have a little bit of backup just in case. Uh, but we might not be at a, a, a stage where we're thinking about what's going to the next five years are going to look like or what the next 20 20 years are going to look like um, because again most are thinking about next week next month so for a lot of clients that come to me they've often had some sort of reality check whether that's unfortunately somebody's passed away they've inherited some money and it's made them readjust address things maybe they've sold a business or gone through a divorce um, or does something's happened to a friend or family member that's made them think, gosh, I bet I better start looking at this a little bit more closely. Um, for most though, it's more of a situation where They've possibly been living in a, I think there's phases in business when it comes to revenue, where you're more concerned about just, you know, paying the bills. And then all of a sudden you, you're managed to get to a stage where you're a little bit that little more comfortable and you start to have a little bit more surplus. And then you start to think, okay, I don't want to waste this money. What should I be doing with it? I've never had this kind of money before. What should I be doing now? And you start to then search and look for more questions to be answered. Um, so it, it, it's it's such a depends on the person where they're at in their business, how old they are, what their personal circumstances are, how reliant they are in terms of the revenue that they're bringing in to, for the family as well as their team potentially to pay wages, as to how alert they are to their surroundings in terms of financial risk and future proofing that. Hmm. Okay, I would like to just put out the word from the title uh, future. Um, because I'd like to know from you, Rebecca, you know, what would you consider to be actually in the future? Because this could mean different things to different people. Are you referring future as in just tomorrow or, you know, years and years ahead? What would what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a good it's a good point. How far ahead should you go? Because I mean, you it's could, open to interpretation, isn't it? Yeah, you could mm. you could you could try and make plans for every possible scenario at every point in the future. There must be a way There must be a, a, a moment where you've got to stop and say, oh, that's enough. I've planned enough now mm. um, and I do find some clients um, overanalyze it they overthink it um, and they you, you can it gets overwhelming and it gets very confusing um, I think it, what's really important is you think about your exit strategy in terms of your business plan um, you know what is actually your plans for the future that might be that you only want to be doing what you're doing for five years so that might only be a five-year thing for me for example I am 42 this year and I plan to between around 58 
maybe 55 maybe more likely to be 58 um i plan to sell my business that i currently have so when it comes to future proofing that i'm running my business in a way to enable that to happen to meet that objective so that's one future piece um and then i'm looking at okay well what would i could i sell it for what things could i be doing to enable um the profits that i'm getting to sell the prop business for the best price but i'm also thinking about what what revenue i should be or profits i should be putting aside to enable my retirement my semi-retirement at around 58 because i probably won't finish working i probably just want options to do other things for example so would you say then there's two we're almost breaking it into two parts then so considering the future as in where you would like to end up and then breaking mm-hmm. that down into the more immediate what needs to happen in order to get get there yes and then t- totally um and then also looking at well okay that future could be around the corner so that actually um if something was to happen to you let's just say you fell sick or um one of your revenue streams stopped and you was unable uh, to operate in that revenue stream um what could you do to enable yourself to that, that those if those things were to happen that it's not completely um putting you on the back step and that's a form of future proofing because for example if you Let's just say, for example, um, you have a team of people and you've got um, they're employed and you are one of them is your key salesperson and they were off sick and they were off long term sick. And it was really difficult for you to replace them. And it meant that you had to use up a lot of the profits that you had left in the business that was from the last few years working really hard on the business. Um, and you had to use up a lot of that profits, strip the revenue out from the business and you had little backup. An example is having some insurances in place, like a key man insurance in that example, where that key person in your business is insured. So if they was to go off sick, rather than stripping out your profits and your backup money, your emergency money in the business, you're actually then using um, an insurance policy to cover their income so they can still be paid. And actually, you've got enough money to pay somebody else a salary to come in and do the same job. I want to go back to what you were saying before about your kind of exit plan if you like some businesses have an exit plan I, I i don't have an exit plan personally am i right in thinking that perhaps you make a plan you know what your end goal is if there is going to be such a thing i guess death would be an end goal if uh, if it's not getting out of the business um then the way you said that death death <laughs> yeah it's so final um but exactly yeah maybe i should have asked, I, I might add some thunderbolts in there in sound effects afterwards <laughs> yeah you should do perhaps anyway what i'm saying is perhaps then you have um you, ha- you have a beginning point and an end point your beginning point being today your end point being whatever that might be maybe death um and then at some point in the middle you've got to work out what your possible scenarios are right what could happen within that time to sort of send me off the rails and then you have contingency for perhaps the ones that are most important or perhaps most likely and I guess there's a little bit of guesswork involved in that right um some some yes um so having the right insurance is in place so death insurance or if you're a limited company you can have um like a death in service equivalent but for business owners you can have partnership insurance um you can obviously have enough revenue or backup in the business to ensure that you and your team have got enough salary to be paid paid um so there there, there are different things that you can have in place so a financial advisor can help you some sort of go over some of those concerns and see what 
would be most relevant. Um, there's also income protection. So you can take out as a sole trader or as a limited company director, you can take out almost like sick pay as well. Um, but it's only really advisable more on the sense when you have a provable income, because if you're somebody that's income really fluctuates and you're in being insured for X and then in like a year later, your salary drops, then you have to inform the insurance company to make sure you're not, not paying for something that actually you won't be covered for. So there are sort of some um, there's things to, to, to look at with that. Um, but most people, it's making sure that you have revenue back up, really, whether that's for your six months time for a marketing campaign or a few months salary for your team so that if you had a bad couple of months, you've got some backup. Um, most people are, are looking in that sense. But the, the thing is, is that when you're that entrepreneurial spirit and sort of certainly on the online space, um, there's a lot of people who you know, reinvest back in their business. So they go, okay, well, actually, I'm going to take those profits and I'm going to spend more. So I'm going to go and get uh, a rebrand or I'm going to go and get a new website or I'm going to work with another coach or I'm going to go and have a mentor. I'm going to go on a mastermind course. I'm going to buy another program. And it's almost like your spending habits that you have personally are recreated in your business. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's really good. I've got a a question about... um... Uh, having a sort of, uh, I guess, a, a pot of money for a rainy day. So, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll come on to that. Go on, Claire. What were you going to say? So, I was just thinking, is there a way that we can ensure that whatever the outcome is, because you know, ultimately, we can't plan what's going to happen because we don't know. But what can we do to ensure and future? Uh, sorry, and ensure that our finances are going to still be there should we not be here. Um, you know, is there any way that we can continue to collect fees or keep things running so that ultimately, you know, the loved ones and things that are left behind are in a better position? Yeah, I mean, are you talking about in sickness or in death? <laughs> well, either, really. Yeah. Oh, is that D word again? That's going to come up a lot, that one, isn't it? I wasn't wasn't planning on that. I'm used to it, so it's not a problem. I've done it for 22 years. It's part of, part of the conversation you have with clients. So that's more around legacy planning and um, thinking about your long-term legacy. So I mentioned life insurance, which you can have for your mortgage, you can have for you personally you can even have it within the business if, if you like like a death in service within a limited company um so basically in that scenario all debts will be paid and a lump sum would be either given to a business partner or a actual married couple partner um so that effectively the business in, in death scenario to your question claire usually the business doesn't carry on running when you've got a sole foundation person so my business is very much still reliant on me until i have a, a, a team of advisors um but i on, honestly my business is an asset it would be passed over to my husband and actually my husband wouldn't want to run a financial services business so it's more likely that the business would be sold um as an asset and he would receive a payoff so to speak from a sickness perspective um having money back up is a good idea um a really good example is having passive um, i don't like the word passive because it it can be misleading but streams of revenue that is not wholly reliant on you showing up one-to-one at every moment of every day so i have memberships and i have courses which don't rely on me every day turning up and I do have a team. And I guess uh, one of the other things you could be doing to make sure you've got that kind of uh, income a- ahead of you is think about how you collect your fees, I guess. Uh, are there any ways that we can do that to sort of 
sort of insure your future earnings a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it depends on, you know, really does depend on how clients are paid. I mean, if you just randomly send an invoice two weeks later after you've done some work and you've got no terms on there, then that's really unadvisable. Um, it's better to have, you know, systems, for example, with PayPal that's automated or using systems like Stripe, which are automated. Um, if you can even better people pay in advance and if it's a, a payment program, then you have card details on the systems that automatically take payments in the future. Then it means the more you can automate and streamline your business that involves less you or somebody else do, physically doing something, A, it saves you time and money in the long run, but it also means that you get paid quicker and you're not then having to spend time chasing monies, which um, is draining in, in itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favourite pastimes. Um, we talked about, um, you know, where, where what to do with the cash. I think you touched on it before about, um, you know, if you have, if you do have um, more money coming through in your account, you know, you might be at that position where you're thinking, what should you do? Would you suggest people keep it, um, or you know, if it does build up, to be looking at other areas and you know other ways to invest it moving forward, which then in turn will help with you know, whatever, you know, eventualities may happen. Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, what a lot of people tend to do when they first start earning, they either don't pay themselves anything and they just pay themselves like a minimum salary and then they get to the end of the tax year and they pay corporation tax and their accountant says, well, this is your corporation tax. They say, well, there's still like this amount of money in the business account. Can Can I pay myself some more now? And sometimes... I see a lot of people that are actually not earning that much, but their business is doing quite well and their profits are just sitting there. That's the first issue. The second issue is people that are actually opposite the end of the scale. So they're a bit more of a maverick profile where they're actually spending and they don't have a lot of spare. Now, when eventually they stop spending and eventually they do start to go, okay, I've spent everything I possibly could now in my business. I've got this spare money. What should I do? And there's a couple of key for both of them. There's a couple of key things that we need to consider first. That's the, the future projections of probably future expenses, making sure that we've got the backup. And then also saying to yourself, okay, how could I start investing this money? So from a limited company perspective, any money that you put into a pension, for example, um, it's like an expense, it's like, as if it's a business expense. And you can put with a limited company, you can put 40 grand a year into your personal pension, but it's a employer contribution effectively from your own business. Um, and that, as, as it's an expense, is a taxable, tax deductible expense, and therefore it reduces your corporation tax. So I do see a lot of people that have, say, maybe, maybe made like 90 grand profit um, and then the end of tax year finishes, the accountant works out their tax on that profit. And actually, if they were taken that 40 grand out and put it in a pension, that would have saved them £8,000 in corporation tax. That's, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And then people wonder, well, why do you charge so much money? Because I make you so much money. That's why. Mm. <laughs> that's good. Would you say then to keep your business finances and your personal finances completely separate? Um, yes, a lot of people who are sole trader um, don't. It's almost they're all merged into one and they're one thing. And you just it's almost like you get paid in bits and pieces from a salary and then it just all gets spent. Um, and that's really dangerous. You should really very much keep it separate. And even as a sole trader, treat the revenue and the business expenses as if it was a limited company. Um, so you'd have a separate business account and a separate personal account. Um, a lot of people where it does become the same in both scenarios is, for example, backup money. So some 
people will have their salary backup money in their limited company business account because if they pay it to themselves, they're going to get dividend tax. And that's that's absolutely fine. But you'd still like ring fence effectively your salary and knowing this is a really key part. Um, so your um, your ultimate like, there's different different terminologies, but um I tend to use um, your, your, your oh shit level. So your oh shit level is where I need to earn this amount to pay my bills and anything less than that, I'm going to be in the shit. I'm going to be using that. That's great. <laughs> um, We've all had those at some point. Yeah. We've got, there's, there's, I've had months of there's that. There's a level, mm. right, where you're like, oh my God, if I earn le- less than this, I'm in real trouble. And you have one in your business for your business expenses and you have one in your personal for your personal expenses. So knowing exactly what that is, is crucial. So that, and energetically, if you want to get into this kind of thing, energetically, um, I'm not suggesting that you know what your minimum is to la- la- lesser your opportunity, but I'm saying it from a energetically, when you know what that number is, you start less stressing less you start worrying much less and actually it's funny how sometimes when you're worrying about it um you then analyze what is actually going to come in and you surpass it but all the time you ignore it or you don't um, review it and you don't respect the energy of it all and you just sort of think well what will be will be or i just can't help it it just it'll land where it lands um it, it becomes more stressful and you actually spend more time and energy rethinking all of that um, then you do actually going, okay, let's look at this in more detail. Let's look at some serious facts. And it becomes more of an emotional response than an actual sort of more of a sit down and process driven response. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of your head above water thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, if you yeah, if you can see the horizon, then yeah, you're okay. But if you can just about see the surface of the water, that's probably your oh shit level, isn't it? Yeah. And if you're and if you're doing really well, and you're thinking, well, that doesn't really apply to me. Well, for future proofing, you still need to know that number. The thing is, as well, surely, surely you're going to enjoy that you know, spending more or investing back into business if you know that you can rather than feeling guilty about it and then having that moment at the end of the month which is like oh shouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah it's, it's interesting isn't it because you know we all have it, it, it's, it's very fluid and one day can feel very different from the next and as a business owner myself for 10 years I I, I, I know that so there's, in, there's, a, there's a textbook that tells you what you should do <laughs> and accountants that say you know and financial advisors as well in principle this is how it should work reality is it really does depend on quite honestly how you're feeling and what's going on that month and how you're reacting to it and sometimes your reality is not fact so inspecting the numbers in your business will give you all the answers and that's when I'm doing any coaching anything in my masterminds or my programs the one thing I say to business owners you, you it doesn't matter if you're scared of numbers or not you mustn't shy away from them because the figures will give you the answers to all your problems whether that's data analysis with your marketing your sales your financial forecast whatever it might be the figures give you all the answers oh, I like that that's a mm. that's a t-shirt right there the figures give you all the answers <laughs> My brother's an accountant. I might buy him a T-shirt with that written on. That's really good. I'm sure he will love he that. He will love that. Yeah, that's right up his street. Don't so, you say it was my idea. No, no, no. Uh, so um, I'm going to suggest that actually we wrap up by um, going for um, some really simple tips that people can uh, initiate right now. If they're like maybe at the start of their business or they haven't really thought about what their future is going to look like 
uh, at this stage, what are the three most important things that you think people should be doing right now uh, to start sort of setting some future proof? Oh, start that. I guess say that again. To start setting some future proofing in motion. That's not easy to say. It's about mouthful. Um, so I, I think it was Bob Berg or Jim Rohn came up with make, manage, and multiply. So I talk about this quite a lot. You have the make phase, the multiply, so the manage phase, and then the multiply phase. So what a lot of people fall into, especially it doesn't matter where they're at, whether at the beginning or they're not, um, is they try and do all three things all at once. Now, the problem with that is, is it does become really overwhelming. What you don't want to do is leave it months and months and months and not move into the next phase. It's a case of, okay, nailing each phase and being aware of what the next phase is so you know to implement it as soon as possible. So the make phase is all about making money. So the only thing you should be doing when you first start out is focus on making money because all the other problems go away. I was just recently in the Times and there was a case study um, of a lady who was 52. She was a... PR marketing kind of expert for people that have did music concerts and such like. And there was lots of financial advice from financial advisors in there about pensions, etc. But basically she was skin in an, in a polite way. She was earning quite good, but she couldn't buy her first house. She couldn't think about putting more into her pension. So it all comes back to making more money. If she just made more money in her business, all those problems would go away. So um, I looked at her website and it, she didn't have one. I looked at her social media and it was just a, a, a marketing, a couple of concerts that were coming up. There was actually nothing about her as a market expert. So um, it was okay. my advice was focus on the make phase, go and make more money and build more programs, get more clients, understand your offering, get your brand, get your website right. Um, once you've managed to do that and you've got more consistent, then you can save more to buy a bigger house or put a deposit on a house or put more into your pension. Then it comes on to the managed phase. So at any point you need to be in, at all stages, you need to be in the managed phase, which is where I talked about the cash flow management. So understanding what your accounts are like, what you've got coming in, what you've got coming out. Um, that's the managed phase in a nutshell. Um, and then the multiply phase is then when you can start to say, okay, well, I understand how I'm making my money. I understand how the money is coming in and out. How can I start multiplying that? And that's when you can start looking at pensions and you can start looking at the other elements and the other investments, whatever that might look like. Um, and when I say investing, for me, investing is stock market, um, venture capital trust funds, pensions, stocks and shares, ISAs. In investing is not um, spending more money on your website. That's new expense. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's, a, that's really simple to follow advice, the three M's. I like that. That's really good. Yes. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Okay, so uh, we now come on to the part um, of the interview where we ask you some questions, Rebecca, which are totally unrelated to the topic. <laughs> She's laughing already. Oh, Rebecca <laughs> knows. She's aware. She's she aware, knows what's coming. Yes. Um, inspired by the US show Inside the Actors Studio. So are you ready for your questions, Rebecca? Go for it. Rebecca, what's your favourite smell? My horses. That's a great answer. What? Which? Any particular end? Um, not the arse end, uh, usually. Um, normally, like anywhere that's sort of like musty and sweaty, to be honest, because it's, it's such a lovely smell. <laughs> My husband hates so, it. So, so not the oh shit end? <laughs> no. Okay, what about your favourite word? Rebecca. I mean, I do like the odd swear word. So, the, the 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 f swear word. I you know, if I'm not in a professional environment and I'm with friends and family kind of environment, then 
I would use the F-bomb quite a lot. It's a, it's a very multifunctional word, that, isn't it? It covers everything. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's a brilliant word. It's a very clever word. You can F at anything, can't you? And it's yeah, it works. Yeah, it, you can in in, F in in. covers all bases. It can be used in any different context. Like, yeah, it's a great word. It's a really multifunctional word. What about your least favourite word? I think anything that's derogatory towards people in terms of um, putting people down or... Um... So is that the F word again? Yeah. <laughs> well, unless you do effing and then you call them a name of some kind. But I don't, I, yeah, so, but um, I think anything okay. that's sort of derogatory towards people and putting people down, it just, it just really, it triggers me. I hate, I hate people that are that really negative towards others in that sort of sense. We just judge each other all far too much. You hate effing negative people. Yeah. Well, look, Rebecca, that's been really interesting. You've come up with loads of things that we hadn't really thought of before, which is kind of why we had you on in the first place, really. It's been great, Rebecca. Thank you. Yeah, bless you. So if people want to uh, tap you for some more information or find out more about some stuff that you do, how can they reach you? Um, so I have two websites. I have rebeccarobertson.co.uk, where you'll find my podcast on there. Um, I have challenges. I have a book. Um, I have a course. I have memberships. You can just go and check that out however you like to engage with me on that. You've got all my socials on there. And then if you're looking for regulated financial advice, so more pensions and finance, like more sort of gritty financial planning kind of stuff, um, then I have Evolution Financial Planning, which is my regulated financial services business. And that's evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk. This is The Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. I think what Rebecca highlighted there was... It, sometimes these things won't go away and actually by burying your head in the sand and not taking responsibility for what's happening, the problem's never going to go away. So rather than it fester and worry about it and then come unstuck at the end, it's important to understand what financial movements you do have in your business and ultimately why you're doing what you're doing and how you can protect your family. So if at the time does come when you're no longer maybe part of your business, you're ready for that change to happen. Fester, word of the episode. Fester. Oh, that's a, I know you've used that word before. It's one of your faves, isn't it? Oh, is it one of my faves? Because I do that. I have yeah. little, little moments where I keep using the same words. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we all do that. Yeah, yeah. Fester's a good one. Actually, it must be it must be the Fs because last time it was fascinating. Now it's Fester, so it must be that letter. As long as those are the only ones you use, don't start using the F-bomb like uh, Rebecca did. She came up with some really good um, things that I wasn't expecting her to come out with as well and some really easily easy-to-understand stuff. Um, lots of big ideas as well about investing and stuff and I must admit some of that went over my head a little bit but from my perspective someone who kind of perhaps doesn't really think about the money too much and so maybe hands that over to someone else to do uh, to deal with it's interesting from my perspective that she touched on a few things that actually I could do mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's it and I think this is the the whole point of having topics like this because they will give you you know they will start that thought process that maybe you otherwise, you know, haven't, as you said, you know, haven't thought about certain things. And actually, very often, it's not as scary as what you think it might be. Now, even though we're, even though we're 93 episodes in now, there are a few more episodes uh, way back when that deal with situations of a financial nature. So if you want to dip into some of those, feel free, because they will sort of go together with what we talked about today. If you want to ask us any questions uh, about what we've talked about today or any of our other episodes, you can get in touch with us by finding us on Instagram and Facebook and all the other socials and on the website, of course, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk. But until next time, we're kind of done here, really. So say goodbye, Claire. Bye-bye. The Beat. 
You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. Show.